This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. The BC Salmon Farmers Association has just released what they claim is an independent study of sea lice in the Discovery Islands. Their study is filled with terms like independent data, independently collected data, independent professional biological consultants, independently collected and analyzed scientific data, independent monitoring, independent sampling, and independent biologists. But it does not actually say who did the research. When I asked, they emailed back Mainstream Consulting. There are links to Mainstream's monitoring reports in the study's footnotes and under two graphs. These lead to documents, quote, prepared for Maui Canada West, Cermak Canada, and Greek Seafood BC Limited, unquote, the three largest salmon farming companies in British Columbia. So I told Brian Kingsit, Director of Science and Policy for the BC Salmon Farmers Association, when I hear the word independent, I don't think of someone who's hired by you, but of somebody who's totally independent. He replied, I would argue that independent also means not having an agenda. So clearly you could accuse us of having an agenda because we represent the industry. Kingsit explained, It's a two-part. The work is done by mainstream biological. The only name on the front cover is Brian Kinsett, whose contact information is given. The only thing I've done in this is I've taken the data sets for five years that have been produced on an annual basis, and I have summarized them together. So basically, that's all I've done. That's my role in this whole thing. So the analysis of the existing data is mine, and the literature review is mine. In the course of our conversation, Kingsit referred to data from the Salmon Coast Field Station. So I contacted two of the station's directors, both of whom are scientists with numerous papers published in peer-reviewed periodicals. Sean Godwin said, It's pretty obvious it's not independent at all. Mainstream biological consulting is hired by the salmon farming industry itself every year to perform this monitoring program, with the data going directly to industry. The company and the people running it depend on this work from industry. And we have no reason to think that those data aren't good data, but you've got to call a spade a spade. You can't call them independent when they're not, and you've got to do a proper analysis of the data. The BC Salmon Farmers Association report mentions an anti-salmon farming activist posting a, quote, photo and banner on Facebook showing juvenile salmon heavily infested with sea lice, claiming it was taken in 2020, and side by side, a photo of juvenile salmon with no sea lice. This image claims that the photo of the sea lice-free juveniles was taken in 2021, and this was a direct result of Fisheries Minister Bernadette Jordan removing salmon farms from the Discovery Islands. The following day, Cortez Currents quoted that sea lice numbers had plummeted 95% in the Discovery Islands, unquote. Kinzit did not mention that the anti-salmon farming activist is independent biologist Alexander Morton. Shortly after the conclusion of our hour-long interview, I realized that though we talked about Morton, Kinzit had once again refrained from mentioning her name. In the Cortez Currents article he does mention, there was also a chart showing the results of Morton's preliminary survey of sea lice in the Discovery Islands. That data was never released that we can find. 
We've actually requested that data. The data is supposed to be submitted to the Department of Fisheries and Oceans as a condition of permit. And we're actually trying to access that by going through DFO. We're not data averse. If the data shows something, the data shows it, and the industry will respond to that accordingly. When we actually went back and looked back in the data, we realized that actually the levels at all these sites have actually been low, remained low, and they haven't changed. Interestingly, we actually see the same thing in the recent data report that came out of the Salmon Coast Field Station in the Broughtons as well. The data report that they published shows the same thing happening in the Broughtons over actually over a longer period of time is that the lice levels have you know, remained low and are not changing. Godwin said, When you actually look at the raw data, which aren't published in the report, but you can get on the Salmon Farm's website, what they find is that in 2020 on chum salmon at the same sites that Alexander Morton sampled, 71 and 79% of the fish have lice on them. And in 2021, 7 and 10% of the fish have lice on them. So it's about a 90% decrease. So it's pretty much the same story, just carved up in different ways for different agendas. Godwin also had something to say about Kingsit's comment that sea lice levels had actually risen in the Broughton archipelago since fish farms were removed. It's just one year. There are still farms. It's also a warm year with increased lice numbers as well. And there are still farms with uncontrolled sea lice outbreaks that that had to do a lot of treatments this year to get their sea lice numbers down. And that was right at the start of the salmon migration. We've done a peer review on this, but it's an informal peer review, right? We took the analysis. We finished that a couple months ago. We sent it out to a bunch of people and we said, pick holes in it. Can you see anything wrong with this? And we got some very good feedback and they alerted us to some other papers that we might not have seen. So we feel very strong about this. And it's a very straightforward data set. There's a reason this came out as a report by the salmon farming industry rather than as a peer-reviewed scientific study. It wasn't analyzed properly and the data don't make sense. They're just basic averages, which no actual quantitative scientist would ever use to analyze these kinds of data. So to explain this as an example, uh, the industry report groups fish caught into three regions. A pre-exposure region, theoretically before fish reach the fish farms, and exposure regions when they are around salmon farms, and a post-exposure region when they have migrated past the fish farms. First of all, their post-exposure region contains four fish farms, so that doesn't really make much sense off the bat. But beyond that, analyzing them as a group average violates several statistical assumptions or rules that could you can never get away with in an actual scientific publication because they're treating every fish as independent when in reality there were differences in what sites the fish were caught at, what month they were caught in, etc. Grouping the data in this way also serves to wash away the real differences where we would expect to see them. For example, in Okasol Channel, in which there were four farms in 2020 and none in 2021, their own data shows that there was a drastic drop in sea lice numbers, but this is washed away by averaging across other sites further away from the farms. So if you just take an average across everything, then it's a totally inappropriate way to analyze the data. That sampling design would be fine if they analyzed the data properly, but they didn't. And that's why this analysis would never get published as a peer-reviewed paper. Amy Kamarinen added. So just noting that their methods in collecting the data may not be capturing the right information. They're sampling with beach sands and not necessarily catching the fish that have actually come through the Discovery Islands. And you can tell that from some, some aspects of the size of the fish. You'd expect those fish in that post-exposure region to be bigger than the ones in their pre-exposure region. But on average, they're smaller. So a lot of those fish will be from local stocks, not Fraser River fish that have migrated through the Discovery Islands. 
something has created a lot of confusion in the public. When the Discovery Islands decision came down, it was based on social license, was what the minister said. So towards 1,500 people will lose their jobs over it. In the press release in which she announced her decision, the minister said, quote, These facilities are some of the oldest sites on the West Coast and are located on the traditional territory of the Hamelco, Klahus, Comox, Kokai, Slaman, Wewekai, and we become First Nations. Consultations with the seven First Nations in the Discovery Islands area provided important guidance to the minister and heavily informed the decision. This approach also aligns with the province of British Columbia's land tenure commitment that all aquaculture licenses as of June 2022 require consent from local First Nations. Unquote. There isn't just one thing that are imperiling wild salmon. It's death by a thousand cuts. And some things we can't change. Can't really change habitat loss due to development in cities. We can't change climate change, really. But there are some things that we can change. And salmon aquaculture is one of them. There's nuance and there's things that we need to be careful of with precautionary principle. And there's uncertainty and there's risk. You've been listening to interviews with Brian Kingsett from the BC Salmon Farmers Association and Sean Godwin and Amy Kamaranen from the Salmon Coast Field Station about the BC Salmon Farmers' new report, Sea Lights in the Discovery Islands. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.